You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Well, buenos dias, everybody. You're ready this week. I love it. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to church. You made it. You're here. Welcome to all of our friends watching online. Would you guys give them a big round of applause? Welcome. We have people watching from literally all around the globe. God is using our church to make a massive difference. And we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're watching today. And if you like what you're seeing, click the share button. It always means a lot to us when you use your social media for the influence of the kingdom of Christ. And so thank you very much for doing that. As you're, uh, as you're here today, I want to make sure that you get something great from God's Word. So I believe what God has given me to give you today is going to be powerful. Grab your Bible if you would. We're going to spend some time in the New Testament, specifically in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. As we're breaking down God's Word today, I think it's important uh, as we are in the middle of our series called One Small Step, it's important that we recognize that some of our steps are meant to be left behind. One of the coolest things about Neil Armstrong stepping foot on the moon is there are footprints, like his footprints are on the moon. There's nobody in this room that could say that. Like his footprints are on another planet. Uh, If the moon is a planet, I'm not sure. It's a moon. So have you ever done that? No, you have not. And it's amazing to think about what has been left behind because of one person's willingness to step out. And the Lord's going to do the same thing for you. When you start stepping out in faith, doing what God has called you to do, you're going to leave behind a legacy of walking by faith. There are some amazing things left behind on the moon. If you've never done a deep dive into this, you're not going to want to dig too deep. Because there are some really cool things, and then there's some not so cool things been left behind on the moon. Did you know this? So first of all, uh, there are now golf balls on the moon, because America, hello. There are golf balls. Uh, there's an astronaut that took a Bible and left the Bible on the moon. There are some family pictures. There's an American flag. There's actually several American flags that have fallen over and, and gotten uh, damaged, and so there's, there's the remains of those. There's also a massive junkyard there now. NASA's in space, uh, space uh, different cosmonauts and different countries that have gone to the moon have collected a ton of junk. So there is a junkyard on the moon. There's also over 100 bags of human waste on the moon. So can you imagine for one moment that aliens finally visit our solar system, land on our moon, and find the Bible, golf balls, footprints, human waste, and a junkyard? It's like, what is this, Tyler? (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad joke. But (laughs) I want to talk today about what you leave behind. Let's talk today about the faith steps that you leave behind. Behind The Bible tells us that a good man and a wise man will leave a, a legacy, will leave a, an inheritance to your children's children. Now, for some of us, you know, that's a big deal. You know, maybe your parents left you behind some things. Maybe your grandparents left something to you. Hopefully, you'll leave something for your children. And if you're wise, maybe something for your grandchildren. Uh, but I heard, I heard somebody some, one time say this, that they hope that their, that their last check that they ever write bounces. I'm like, I like that too. I ain't leaving nobody with nothing. I'm spending all mine, thank you very much. <laughs> nobody gave me nothing. I ain't giving nothing. Nobody else. I want my last check to bounce. Uh, that's, that's not wise according to the things of God. Uh, but what are you leaving behind? Are there footprints for other people to follow? Are there valuables? Or is it just a lot of human waste and junk? Think about what are the things that you leave behind. We don't like to think about it too much. But Jesus, as he is leaving this 
this world, in Matthew 28, he brings together his 11 disciples and he begins to speak to them with great clarity about exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And in Jesus' last words, he talks about his legacy and the legacy that each of them would leave behind. And he gives us very specifically what is most important to him in very clear language. Now, there are some things in the Bible that are very ambiguous, some things the Bible is not very clear about. We have to draw some conclusions. We have to kind of fill in the blanks. We're like, we're not quite sure. Uh, it, seems to, it seems to fit with, with this. But there are other things that the Bible is very clear about. It may be complex, but the Bible is very clear. We might not like it. Society may not agree with it, but the Bible is very clear. And in this moment, Jesus speaks to his 11 disciples and brings absolute clarity about what their purpose is. Absolute clarity about what they're going to leave behind. Now remember, at this time, Jesus has come back from the grave. That freaked a lot of people out because they watched him die. Jesus has gotten up out of the grave, and not only Christ, but there's over 500 other people who have gotten up out of the grave and come back into the city. Things were not normal. Let's just say uh, things were crazy. It's like oh, Texas OU weekend happened in Longview or something. Like this was, this was some major, major things were going on. People were buzzing. They were talking. And so things were crazy. This was not just a normal day. This was in the middle of absolute chaos, pandemonium, lots of panic, lots of fear, crazy what ifs were happening all over the place. And in that moment, Jesus says, I want one last conversation with you guys. And with all the craziness going on in the world, they sit down for one last talk with Christ and he uses some very strong language in Matthew 28 to tell them exactly what they're supposed to do. We know this today as the Great Commission. Now, unfortunately, many believers still today have no idea what the Great Commission is. It's just words that we say. But it is so important that at the bedrock of our theology, we understand what is the mission that we're supposed to be about as believers. And Jesus, in his great wisdom, Shows us this in Matthew chapter 28. So I want to pick it up in verse 16 and kind of lead you up into uh, the conversation of what Jesus is, ha is, is doing before he says this. So notice this, if you would. We're going to pick it up in uh, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So remember, there's a lot of things going on in their world, but they still went and did what Jesus told them to to do this is really, really important that you see this. Don't just breeze past that scripture. Understand the context of what is happening in the world. But they still obeyed. Then it says this. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. And look at this. But some doubted. Now, I love that, it, uh, that Matthew is being very, very nice to somebody named Thomas. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so he says, hey, some of us were not fully convinced. Some of us were doubting. Thomas? Hmm. I'm not going to write your name, but we all know it's you. Like, thanks a lot, buddy. It's like, everyone that's full of faith, raise your hand. Not so fast, Thomas. <laughs> but it says they, they worshiped him, but some doubted. If you have a paper Bible, you're going to want to underline those words. But some doubted. This is important. And it says, then Jesus came to them and said this. Notice the clarity of what he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, or because of, since that has happened, here's what I want you to do. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I'm with you. Now, as soon as he said, I'm with you always, he leaves. Like, are you, are you serious? You just said you're with us always. But he leaves. And the most important thing that Jesus leaves him with us is his last words were, I'm with you, but you've got to go. Go and do what? Make disciples. That means everything that I've invested into you, you have to take that and use it to make a difference with the rest of your life. As a matter of fact, in the original language, it's really easy for us to, to, to not understand the context of what Jesus is saying here. But if we could boil it down to two words, the most important things that Jesus says are those two words, make disciples. We kind of treat it all as a command, but it's not. The command is built around two words. In the original language, the authority is listed around two words, make disciples. Now, many churches have built theology around you're supposed to go. But look at me, everyone is not a missionary that goes to the ends of the earth. But you are a missionary, you are an ambassador of Christ. That means that as you go into your world, you're supposed to be making a difference. The Christ that is living inside of you should affect your world. He said, as you go throughout the world, make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. The command, the emphasis is put on those two words. Make disciples. This is the legacy of Christ. This is the legacy of the disciples. This is our legacy. It is really easy for us to get consumed with so many things that we want God to do for us, things that we want to do for God. But if we don't understand with absolute clarity what is the most important thing, we will spend our life doing things that are much less important to God. Make disciples. Once we have that, we start realizing where the next step of faith is. I can step out in faith and bring Jesus into a conversation. I can step out in faith and offer to pray for someone. I can step out in faith and do what the Lord is asking me to do at any moment, at any time. He has the ability to speak that into my life, and my job is to obey. That is what it means to walk by faith. And that leaves a legacy that other people can follow. Jesus is very clear about what the mission of the church is supposed to be. And this is where we've made sure that we built our church around the exact same thing. We are to be making disciples. The difference that Christ has made in my life needs to transfer to somebody else. This is important. And so Jesus gives absolute clarity about the mission of the church because he knows what's about to happen. He knows that these guys are going to freak out as soon as he leaves. And you would too. If you're having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden they just... Wait, what did he just say? <laughs> I kind of got distracted by the fact that he just flew away. But notice this, that without clarity, without being crystal clear, without clarity in the present, there will be chaos in the future. We don't tend to think a lot about what's going to happen in the future uh, because it gets overwhelming. Now, some people are more visionary. They like to think about the future a lot, but I, I feel like I'm probably more normal uh, when it comes to thinking about the future, I get overwhelmed and I tend to go to a very negative place. As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more I don't look at the future with a lot of optimism. I look at it for all the things that could go wrong. And it tends to put me in a bad mood. And I start becoming cranky pop pop real quick. 
Cranky pop pops, cranky me moms. There's a reason why as you get older, you get more cynical. You start looking at the future like, oh man, this is the world's going to hell in a handbasket. This is going wrong and that's going wrong. This is what you kids are doing. This is what you did. This is what they did. And the government this and this person that. We have a tendency to look at the future and get overwhelmed and get angry. And without clarity in the present, what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be about, there's a lot of chaos in the future. Jesus understands this and speaks very clearly about what is the main thing. What are you supposed to be doing? What is my purpose? He says, make disciples. He did not say make money. He didn't say just make more children. He didn't say have a great life before you go. He didn't say build some awesome houses, have some great toys. He says, make disciples. This is the point. And notice he backs it up by saying all Authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Make disciples. And I'm with you. Always. So Jesus understands the world that they're about to walk into. He understands the political climate. He understands the fact that things are going nuts. And he says, now this is the perfect time for you to go and be the light that I've called you to be. And these 11 men go and change the world. There's a lot more than 11 people listening today. There's a lot more than 11 people reading God's word and studying it all across our city and our world. There's a lot more than 11 people just watching online. What could we do if we got crystal clear about the mission that we're supposed to be about? Is the mission supposed to be that we heal everybody? Is the mission supposed to be that we meet every need? No. The most important thing is to make disciples. That doesn't mean that those things aren't good. This means that they're not the most important so when it comes to taking steps of faith, you're going to leave behind a legacy. I want to make sure that the legacy that you leave behind matters. See, it's not just your financial assets, but it's your spiritual walk with Christ that speaks volumes to those that are coming after you, your character, your integrity, the steps of faith that you took, they blaze a trail for other people to follow, and they leave amazing stories. Your faith steps will outlive you. I want to talk about the steps that we leave behind today. So if you're a note taker, I want to make sure that you, that you see this. You're going to want to write this down. I'm going to give you three things that are, that are uh, the most important that I see, that things that I feel like God is speaking to us today as a church. And so here's the first I want to make sure that you see. Number one, a legacy of faith begins with just showing up. And sometimes we get overwhelmed with all the things that, you know, and the possibilities as we're looking ahead. What can I do? Or what about this? Or what if God sends me here? What if this happens? Or what if they reject me? Like, hey, first of all, just, just show up. Just show up. You're not going to have a legacy of faith if you don't just show up. And I love how it says they went to the place that Jesus told them to go. Can the same be said for us? Jesus is always leading us someplace. And the most important thing that happens is not what happens after all that. But that we just show up. Take the first step. And it says they worshipped him and some doubted. In the midst of their doubt, they still showed up. In the midst of freaking out, they're still in. What does it show me? It shows me I can still be obedient without being convinced. And that's good news for people like me because I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love him, but it's not always easy to trust him. There are times like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't get it. And if I have those doubts, I guarantee you have them too, if we can be honest today. But I don't have to be convinced to still be obedient. 
My kids don't have to know all the details of what I'm asking them to do to be obedient. I don't expect that they would always understand. I do expect that they will be obedient. The same is still true for us as children of God. He's a good father that doesn't expect for you to always understand, but he does expect for us to be obedient. Just show up. In the middle of your doubts, show up. In the middle of a bad hair day, show up. Just just go. Let me make sure that you hear me. I'm glad that you came today. I'm glad you showed up. You took a step of faith by just being here. You can't leave a legacy of steps of faith if you don't just show up. But when you simply show up, God begins to do what only God can do. So when I first came to Christ, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, but I rebelled against the Lord at about the age of 16. It became a really, really dark time in my life. I uh, became an addict. And uh, at the end of all that, my heart finally was arrested by the Lord. He chose me. He saved me. He revealed himself to me, and things began to take a dramatic turn. Now, in my addiction, I, turned to, I started dealing some, some dope on the side and just trying to make money, and it was a very dark period. And I remember finally coming back to Christ, and t- I just told the Lord, Lord, I will do whatever you ask me to do. And the Lord began to speak to me about becoming a pastor, and I'm like, who in the world would ever listen to me? And if they would, what would I say? Not qualified. And the very first step that took a lot of faith for me to actually do it was a couple of days later when I got a letter uh, in, in the mailbox from the IRS, and that's never good. In the history of ever, has it ever been like, oh, this is going to be good news. And they told me, you've, uh, you've underpaid on your taxes. You owe us 800 and something bucks. And I'm like, might as well be 8,000. I just flushed all my dope down the toilet. And in my heart, I'm like, Lord, couldn't you have told me this like two days ago to just save this and make one last good run, make some money? I would have taken care of some stuff. Come on, somebody. I would have tithed on it. But here I am. I mean, all my supply is gone. I've got nothing left. And I get a bill, 800 something dollars. I'm like, man, this following after Christ thing is, what? This is dumb. Jehovah Jireh, whatever. <laughs> and I remember uh, in the middle of that panic and thinking, what in the world am, gonna, am I going to do? I got a phone call. Craziest phone call still to this day that I've ever received. And I picked up the phone. This was before caller ID. I didn't recognize the number. And I picked it up and said, hey, is this Tim Ingram? I said, yeah, speaking. He said, this is Kirk Franklin. And I'm like, yeah, right. If you're not familiar with his work, look him up. It's kind of a big deal. Multiple Grammy Awards and Dove Awards. He said, I need somebody that can join me in Dallas tonight and sing a song. I heard that you're a guy that can sing. I'm looking for a guy that can sing. Can you meet me in Dallas at seven o'clock tonight and sing a song for me? I'm like, who is this? Is this real life? Is, Is this happening right now? You don't have my number. There's no way. He hangs up. And I have this moment where I'm like, this must be a joke. Somebody's playing a trick on me. But I showed up at seven o'clock. I went to where he told me to go. And I walked into Dallas Sound Lab and there was Kirk Franklin. He said, hey, you must be Tim. I'm like, you must, must be Kirk. You're shorter than I thought you'd be. And he says, I needed a guy that can sing, man. And I heard that you could sing. Can you step in and sing this? And he gave me a song. I looked at him I'm like, I, I, I can do that. It seems simple enough. He goes, all right, go in there and sing it. Walk into a studio. Here's a microphone. They put some headphones on me. He said, all right, here goes the music. Ready? Sing. And I sang it. I finished. He goes, that's great. Can you do it one more time? Great, play it again. And I played, I'm still in shock. 
And then I finished and I was like, is that everything that you needed? He said, that's everything I needed. Here, thank you, appreciate it very much. Hands me a check with 800 and something bucks in the envelope. And I sat there in my truck, just my hand shaking. I'm like, what? <laughs> now what would happen if I just didn't show up? What would happen if a legacy of faith hadn't taken the first step? There are powerful things waiting for you on the other side of one small step. And here are the disciples going. Well, they don't feel like going. Going in the midst of their doubts. Not sure. They still obeyed. And you can do the same. Notice this, that my legacy is how I use what Jesus has done for me. I don't need kids to leave a legacy. Jesus didn't have kids. Paul didn't have kids. They left an amazing legacy. Several people didn't have children, didn't have families, and left an amazing legacy for people to follow. It's not about your children. This is about you and your walk with Christ. It doesn't matter how many sons or daughters that you have. It matters, are you a son? Are you a daughter? And are you willing to be obedient with what God has called you to do? So Jesus says this in John chapter 20. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. He said, the Lord sent me. And I'm sending you. Notice this, that I can't be sent if I don't show up. You have to show up. A legacy of faith starts with just being in the room. Just being obedient with the first step. Here's the second key. I want to make sure that you see this. Number two. It doesn't only begin with when I show up, but number two. A legacy of faith is established on authority. And this is critical. This is the biggest difference between us stepping out in faith and just turning over a new leaf. Because for many people, what we're doing as a group, as a church, is positive. It's a good thing. And the things that you begin to step out and do when I take care of somebody else's needs, when I pray for someone, that's different than just giving some money and being generous to somebody because I felt sorry for them. It's a good thing. Hey, take care of people. Meet somebody's needs. But if it's not done underneath the authority of Christ doing it when he tells me to do it, I could cause more damage than I could actually be helping. You never know, does this person need relief or do they need restoration? And only God knows. It's easy for me to give everything that I have away. I love being generous. We would be broke if I was in charge of the finances here. I'm thankful that I'm not because anybody that needs it, sure, take it all. Is that a good thing to do? For me, it is. I feel great. (laughs) But sometimes it takes a step of faith to know exactly what the Lord is asking us to do. And sometimes like, that's not what they need. Go here. Or this is not meeting the need. Do it this way. So learning how to be led by faith, learning how to take steps of faith is not just making some positive changes in my life. It's not just relieving some anxiety or doing some good things. It's about being underneath the authority of what Jesus is telling me to do. Now, authority is a word that many of us don't like because, hello, we're American, and we don't like anybody being in any position of any authority ever. Until you're in authority, you're like, I'm sorry, man, I got to tell you what to do. Sorry. We don't like it. But Jesus is very clear in his words when he says, I want you to go. And he backs it up with a statement. All authority. Notice when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, this is a claim that only Jesus Christ can make. Anyone else that says this is a lunatic and a weirdo. 
I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, uh, you want some jello or should we put that straight jacket back on you? But think about it. He's not kidding. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's a claim that only Christ can make. And then he says, therefore, go make disciples. This is the command that only Jesus can give. Do I believe that Jesus rose from the grave with all authority in heaven and on earth? Do you believe that? Most of us would nod our heads and say, I, I believe that. Do you believe that Jesus is telling the truth when he says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me? I believe he's telling the truth. So if I believe Jesus has all authority, then his command takes on a whole new meaning. Look at me. That's not a suggestion. This is not optional for believers. We are supposed to be making disciples. Not just making more money, not just making more kids, not just buying more toys, not just having a better house, not having just some more clothes, not just trying to be happier. Those are all good things. Those are good things. But that's not what we're supposed to be about. The Lord is clear when he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and then all these other things, those will be added to you. But you need to be seeking me and making disciples. So it's the authority of Jesus that gives us the responsibility to evangelize. Why would I tell people about Jesus? Why would I invite them to church? Why would I pray for people? Why would I minister to people? Is it just because it's my job? Is it because some pastor guilted me into do it? Is it because it makes me feel good about myself? No, no, no. Because God told me to. And he ain't kidding. He's not suggesting. Jesus says, all authority, therefore go. It gives us the responsibility to become Jesus to a world that needs it. So I want, I want to make sure that you see this. God loves saving people so much that he sacrificed his son and then he unleashes his church to do that very thing. He wants his kids home. He wants his lost children found. He does not want people going to hell. He doesn't want you or your children or your grandchildren. He doesn't want anybody in your life, your coworkers. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. It is his will that none should perish. And he unleashes his church to go and make disciples. But we're trying to not just, just not be awkward. Learning how to step out in faith means, Lord, when you tell me to, I'm going to bring you into the conversation. Lord, when you tell me to, I'm going to invite them. Lord, when you tell me to, I'm, I'm going to ask, can I pray for you? Lord, when you tell me to, I'm going to step out in faith and give. This is what it means to leave behind a legacy that makes a difference. It's established on the authority that Jesus has and the authority that he has given us. We operate underneath his authority. When he says go, we take it seriously. You still with me? Here's the third and final thing. I want to make sure that you see this. Number three, my faith legacy will bring healing to the past, blessing to the present, and hope to the future. It begins to heal the past. You didn't think you could heal the past? Yes, you can. You start walking by faith, and God begins to heal things you thought would never be healed. Things begin to happen in your heart and the hearts of other people where God just begins to do things. You're like, whoa, that is weird. And all of a sudden, like today, takes on a whole new meaning. God begins to bless today. Why? Because you're walking by faith. You're being obedient with what he's telling you to do. 
And then God starts taking that hope that used to overwhelm you and freak you out and make you angry. He starts bringing hope into the future. When you're led by the Holy Spirit of God, when you step out in faith, things begin to change that you could not change on your best day. Several years ago, I was part of, um, uh, my, my wife and I were getting prophesied over. And if you've ever seen that, it happens in January. We bring in some prophets and we don't tell them anything about the people that they're prophesying over. We say, just, just pray and whatever the Lord tells you to say, write it down and then just tell me. And man, they just say some powerful things. You're just like, how in the world could you know that? And God begins to bring hope into my future and begins to bless my life as they speak and begins to heal my past. Things that they couldn't know. It's a powerful gift. And one of the times where I was sitting there being prophesied over, the man looked at me and said, and it's about to be your turn to prophesy. And I'm like, yeah, I won't do that. There's scripture where it says, if you're, if you're a false prophet, you're gonna get stoned. And I'm like, I've been stoned. I don't wanna be an addict ever again. I don't wanna go. I, don't, I may have misunderstood that scripture. I don't know. I don't wanna go back. I ain't trying to do, I ain't trying to go uh, do that again. But it, it's a big deal. When God begins to speak to you and says, I want you to say this to this person, you're like, no, man. I'm fine with encouraging somebody. When you start speaking prophetically, the Lord told me to tell you this, there's a lot of weight. You better be careful. Be careful, because people will take what you say seriously. And if you're not right, they'll blame God. There are eternities that weigh on that. You better be careful. You better know what you're doing. And when he says to do this, I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that, man. Let me just be the funny guy. Let me just, let me sing. Let me just encourage people. You could do it. When he says prophesy, I'm like, oh, man. But I determined then, if I believed that God was speaking to me, and I was not going to wait until something happened and then say, I knew that was going to happen. God told me. Like, dude, that's not prophetic. That's pathetic. That's what that is. So I determined then that I would tell someone what the Lord was telling me and then let them see that God was speaking. And this is a pattern I started developing. Like, okay, Lord, if you're speaking to me and you're telling me this is what's going to happen, I'm going to tell people. And then when it happens, be like, I told you. And it begins to build my faith that I'm hearing from the Lord. I start speaking with more authority because I can recognize his voice. Look at me. In John 10, God says, my sheep can hear my voice. They know my voice. And you can do this. But it takes us starting to step out by faith. In our relationship with Jesus, he begins to speak. And all of a sudden, that starts affecting other people's lives. We were in uh, High Ridge Graham. I was ministering there. Uh, this was several months back. And um, I woke up that morning as I was going to, to preach there. And I told my wife, I said, I feel like the Lord has spoken to me something really, really strong. Uh, there's an African-American man. He has bald, he's, he's bald-headed, uh, good-looking guy, has an earring in his ear. And here's what he's going to be wearing. And I'm supposed to speak to him like that's the mission. The Lord woke me up with this, with this black guy. And he looks like this. And that's the most important thing of my day. And she's like, okay. I'm like, Lord, could he be any more specific? Like, what am I doing? What am I saying? Like, come on now. And so I spend the rest of the day just looking for black eyes. Like, is this the one? No. Is this the one? No. And then when you, get, when you get to Graham, Texas, there ain't a lot to choose from, let me just say. I'm preaching, and it is a sea of white faces. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm about to go home. But I know you told me this. Maybe, I'm, maybe I missed it. And so I finish the first service, go to, go to speak in the second service, and here comes the guy walking in comes and sits right on the second row right here. 
And I sit down, he sits right behind my wife and she looks at me and her eyes get big and she looks back at him. I'm like, he will notice you, he'll see you, be careful. But I finish preaching and I present the gospel and I say, if you want to, want to receive Christ today, pray this prayer with me. And then ask for him to respond. I ask, would, would you lift up your hand if you just prayed that prayer? And he lifts his hand up. The Lord said, that's what I ask you to do. He's the most important person in this room. And so as soon as the service finished, he was getting ready to walk out. And I'm like, I, I excused myself from another conversation and um, walked over to him and said, hey, I know you don't know me, but I just, I just have to tell you, like, you have a special place in my heart. I woke up with you in my mind this morning, like, I couldn't help, but I, I, say, I saw you. He's like, that's a little weird, man. Uh, <laughs> I said, I feel like the Lord has me, wants me to say something to you. And the Lord just began to give me the words. The Lord said, what happened yesterday doesn't define you. You're not limited by your past. That is not you anymore. Today starts a brand new relationship and what is happening in your future is gonna be powerful, but it's not limited by your past. That is not you. And he begins to cry. He said, how in the world could you know that? I'm like, I'm just trying to encourage you, man, just tell you what the Lord said. It's pretty generic. He said, oh, no, no. He said, I just got out of jail this morning and I told myself I am never going back. And I made a decision to come to the church. I hadn't been in church in years. I walked into church today asking the Lord to speak to me and here you are and I'm like, the Lord began to bring healing to the past and blessing to the present, hope to his future, just the exact same way that God did to me walking out of my addiction. Let me tell you, when you start walking by faith, you leave behind a legacy of things that you could not have known, that God knows, and begin to do things that you couldn't do on your best day because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Let me remind you, the Lord tells us this in, the, in Psalm 37. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, not of everybody on the planet. That scripture does not apply to everybody. Only to those who are his. The Lord will direct your steps. You don't have to take them, but they're there. And it says and he delights in every detail of their lives. It's the little things that God knows. He delights in the details, Jesus tells his disciples, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go. That you should bear much fruit. And that that fruit should abide. That fruit should remain long after you're gone. And they did it. We're still here because they were obedient. They've left behind a legacy to follow. What could your legacy look like? I think it would be easy for us to say, yeah, but... I I can't make that much of a difference. You don't know that. You don't know that. Let me remind you, our world is in a dark place. And this thing has an expiration date on it. And you could look at that and you could get hopeless. You could get dark. You could become a silo to yourself. You could isolate. You could just be concerned about your relationship with Jesus or you can go and make disciples. You can turn on the light. How much of a difference will it make? More than you could possibly imagine. Your life is a light. And Jesus told his disciples at one point, he said, I'm the light of the world. But as he's leaving, he says, now, you're the light of the world. He says, you're not gonna put that underneath some kind of a... a a bushel. Don't hide that lamp. Let it shine. Why? Because the world's dark. Now, this month, 
more than any other month, our world gets really dark. It gets dark sooner. And also, there's a lot of darkness happening in the spiritual realm this month. You need to be aware of that. People will call a lot of things that are evil entertainment. And they play games with things that are evil more at this time of the year than every other time. Our world is dark. Now we could point a finger at them them and judge, judge them or we could turn on the light. But this is where you have an opportunity to make the biggest difference. Let me remind you, if you've ever seen a flashlight and who hasn't, and most of them just, just now exist on your phone. But there was a time where carry one of these around, especially if you're out late at night, because you need to be able to see. And if I could have the lights brought down for just a second, I want to remind you, our world is in a dark place. There are lots of things going on that have people freaked out. And it will always be that way. And if we don't turn on the light, they'll never see the hope Christ has put in us. And a simple flashlight can make a lot more difference than you can realize. As a matter of fact, it does its best work in the dark. If I was to shine this in your face right about now, you would go to a different dimension for about 12 minutes. You know, light by itself does a lot of powerful things. Removes a lot of fears, doesn't it? Because the darkness plays with your imagination. When you turn on the light, all of a sudden you can see things with clarity. And your story, what God has done for you, what God is doing in you, in the midst of your doubts, in the midst of your confusion, if you just show up, if you just take a step, it begins to light up the darkness and show people where real hope comes from. Can you receive that? I want to finish up by praying for you today, if that's okay. And If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and put away your phones, put away your notes, and let's just bow our heads in a response to what the Lord may be speaking to us today as individuals. I want to remind you that you have a job to do. You have a calling on your life. And in the midst of your doubts and confusion and imperfections, in the midst of your rebellion and all the things that you may have going on around you, there is still great opportunity to make disciples, to share your story, to pray for people, to be led by the Spirit of God and to take a step of faith. You are the light of the world and it's time for you to make a difference. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna believe that right now as I pray over you that the Lord is gonna bring some people to your mind that he wants you to speak to, that he's gonna give you supernatural opportunity, divine opportunity this week to bring Jesus into the conversation, to bring hope into the conversation, to pray for someone, to give to a specific need. I want to remind you, Jesus says, I'm with you always. I'm directing your steps. Follow me. Be the light. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless my friends, that you'd speak to them clearly. I pray that you would give them divine opportunities to share the love of Jesus with their world. That we would no longer be content to just exist in a world of selfishness and greed, selfishness, ambition, consumed with our small little world. Father, let us be about what you're about. Let us bring people to you. 
in Jesus' name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, your story rings true for me too. I'm, I'm far from God. You may not have a relationship with Jesus or maybe your relationship with Jesus has become a distant memory. My friend, you showed up today. And I believe that God led you here for a reason. He wants to meet you. He wants you to come home. You may not know how to do that, but I'm here to help you. It starts with a prayer. So if you are willing to take that step today to come home, let me help you with a prayer. Pray with me right where you are. Just pray this. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came and died, rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. So I invite you to take over my life. Please forgive me and use me to do whatever you've called me to do. I live for you now. In Jesus' name. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that was you and you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. Would you just lift up your hands all across this place? That was me. I did. I prayed that prayer. Good. I see you. I see you, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else today? Perhaps you're watching online. You're saying, Pastor, I did. I prayed that prayer too. I'd love to be able to reach out to you if that's okay. You've come this far. Let me encourage you to take the next step. There's a phone number appearing on your screen. If you accepted Christ, there's a number, there's a QR code. Text me. Text the words, I prayed to 844-HRC-TEXT. If you do that, I'm going to send you some things that will help you understand what just happened and what you're supposed to be doing next. Let me help you. Let me help you the same way somebody helped me. I'm proud of you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would, then stand to your feet. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today. I pray that you were as blessed by it as I was speaking it. We have our elders and their wives stepping forward, and they're going to be available as our service ends. They're available to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. So please don't leave this place today and say, man, I wish somebody would have prayed for me. Like, listen up, weirdo. They're right here. It's free. We would love to pray for you. And so they'll stay here. They're not going to be weird. But we believe prayer changes things. And if you need prayer, let us pray for you. Also, ladies, October 27th is ladies' night. Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. It's going to be amazing. So make sure that you bring your friends. Make sure that you get your ladies here. You guys are already responding. October 27th, Friday night, you've already begun to purchase tickets. And so uh, just know that we have three services and we have a lot of friends that are going to try to come. So please make sure that you get your tickets early. Please don't do what Longview does and just wait till the last possible second. I hate having to tell people you can't come in because there's a fire marshal that is breathing down our necks. There's a lot of people that come here. So please make sure you get your tickets early to secure your spot. And that would mean a lot to us. For everybody else, let me pray for you and bless you as you go. Father, would you bless my friends with an incredible week? Would you watch over them? Would you guard them and guide them, protect them, help them to become all that you've called them to be as they walk by faith? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.